What's up, everyone? Welcome to Two Capes. Today we are covering another story. We are doing Justice League Volume 1 Origin of the New 52. Now, last time we, co- last time we did a story, we covered the Flashpoint story. So I figure let, we're going to keep going through like the story starting from Flashpoint. We'll do the New 52 and then... Every now and then we'll intersperse like pre-new 52 stories like we'll do Blackest Night at one point, Final Crisis, uh, JLA Earth 2. In other words, we'll bring in a lot more different stories. Then once we get to Rebirth, we'll just go through those. Oh, and we're definitely going to cover Kingdom Come. There's no way we can be a podcast that even remotely covers DC and not not even talk about Kingdom Come and Injustice. All right, so let's jump in. So this is like the story that really kicked off the new 52 when it was started. It's written by Jeff Johns and with art by Stim Lee, uh, by Jim Lee, sorry, who, by the way, is one of my favorite, is probably my favorite comic book artist of all time. I think he has some really great stuff. So, anyway, so let's jump in. Let's jump into the actual story summary and then we'll go into like uh, if it was what we thought of it and what I thought of it and stuff. All right, so. By the way, so this story was actually was the the intention of the story is really to start off the the new fifty two kind of tell you, um, the state of the DCU. So be, before I start with the story, I'm just gonna recount what's going on, like recap. So the uh, so we had Flashpoint, which basically restart um, the the universe with slight changes by a certain blue being from the Watchmen universe. So in other words, this is kind of assuming that the uh, we're starting a new sort of Earth, if you will. Because remember, I mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes that even though Rebirth basically undid all the stuff in the main continuity, this is now its own Earth as an Earth 52, as established by the last copy of Doomsday Clock. So luckily I have my fairy universe. But anyway, so let's get... So now that we've recapped, it's basically... The, the DC universe starting from the beginning, but ch- um, changed a little bit in certain ways. All right, so let's get started. So it picks up talking about how there was a time when when uh, superheroes weren't that well-known and weren't trusted at all. And it's evidenced by the first incident where we have Batman being pursued by the GCPD SWAT team. Like they're aiming um, sniper rifles and they're following him with helicopters that have big floodlights look like missile launchers. Well, Batman is actually pursuing uh, a strange creature called a parademon across the rooftops of Gotham City. So he's like, he's going after this parademon. He finally quarters them. He's like, okay, so why are you here? Why are you here? So the parademon escapes. And then all of a sudden, this green fire truck comes out of nowhere and like slams into the parademon. Who should emerge is uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Now... For a little background on who the Green Lantern is, just as a little, like, recap, the Green Lantern is a superhero who's basically escaped a a space cop, and he has a power ring where basically anything he can imagine in his head, uh, he can make as a a physical hard-like construct. That's why you have, like, he he has, like, SWAT teams with uh, shields that he materializes to to, um, block the bullets that are being fired from the helicopters, and... um, He's the one that materialized that fire truck once again. So he's talking about, okay, so, uh, is, is uh it's kind of funny. He's like, his first encounter with Batman, he's like, wait, Batman, you're real? Because remember, Batman's kind of a, kind of a, 
mythical being, if you will, and that people fear him, but they also don't think he exists. To a certain degree, there was like this whole thing where like, oh my gosh, you better be good or the Batman will get you. So anyway, so they catch up to the parademon um, who, who eventually leads them into the sewers. And this is where one of the greatest, my opinion, one of the greatest exchanges between uh, comic book characters ever shows up where Green Lantern is basically like, okay, so what are your powers? Can you fly? Batman's like, no. Super strength? Batman, no. So Green Lantern goes, hold on a second. You're not just some guy in a bat suit, are you? Are you freaking kidding me? And, and that's kind of what's interesting is, is that is that whenever people first meet Batman, they always think he has he has powers at some point. And I think that's one of the really uh, funny parts about Batman is that he's fear he inspires fear in like his enemies and some of his friends. But he also has no powers. Where he's like he's like even when and he's fighting alongside like Superman or someone like that. So anyway, it's kind of funny that he he even manages to to without Hal Jordan realizing it, taking off the ring of green uh his ring which he's like why are you doing how, how were you able to do that and the batman's like you weren't concentrating so then they finally catch up to the parademon who's planting what's called a mother box on a wall it's basically in this context is acting like some sort of bomb he plants it and then the parademon goes for dark side before it explodes and what's kind of cool is that green lantern saves them by like materializing a, a bank safe around them so it's kind of like a sh- little shield so what we find out is that, so Green Lantern decides, okay, I'm going to have my ring, like, scan this, uh, this mother box, and then we'll find out what it is. But the issue is that the ring um, says, okay, unable to identify. Now, this is important because at this point in, this, in the DC universe, no one knows who Darkseid is. To a certain extent, yeah, no one really, Darkseid hasn't really emerged yet. So really, that's why no one knows that, that like, that's a parademon, that's a mother box or something like that. This is the story, like, if you were, like, let me put it this way. If you started reading D- DC Comics now and knew nothing about prior lore or anything, this would be the first time you're introducing to, you're introduced to the concepts like Darkseid, the mother boxes, uh, Apocalypse and such. But anyway... So then it transitions to a football game and we're introduced to Vic Stone and he's basically like one of the best football players in his high school, which is evidenced by his skills and the fact that all these college uh, football scouts are, are saying, okay, so I'll offer him a scholarship, I'll offer him a scholarship and all that stuff. But uh, what you're met with next is the idea that his father actually d- doesn't really support his football career. That he's n- never gone to a game or anything, and he's, he, and we'll find out later he doesn't plan to. Well, I'll go over that exchange when he gets there. So anyway, so then he looks up and sees um a big green like fighter jet flying over, and that's actually Green Lantern and Batman. But remember, no one knows it's Green Lantern or anything like the the. In fact, a girl, a cheerleader, even says it's one of them. Like not even knowing it, it all I know is that it's a super person, if you will. So then, so they land uh, and uh, Lantern and Bats get, get out and they figure, okay, so if it's extra, if this box is alien, it's obviously alien. So what, so let's go ask Superman if he knows anything about it. So, so, 
So uh, Batman's basically like, Lantern, be careful because uh, Superman's powerful. And then Green Lantern's like, don't worry, I got this, bro. He goes in and gets completely hammered by Superman. And Batman, <laughs> and Superman shows up, he's like, so what can you do? So next we're introduced to, to Barry Allen. If you don't know who he is, he's the Flash. I, I mentioned that in the, in the Flashpoint episode and Lad and I went over that. Like who he is, how he got his powers and such. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time working on this. But if you notice here, what's interesting is that this is how focused people are on identifying these supervillains, superheroes, if you will. Because, uh, so, so Barry, on his not superhero day job, he works in a crime lab and he's trying to, to get his boss to authorize him to continue working on this murder case. But then the boss is like, no, 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 we're all just working on identifying who this Flash carrier character is. It's a really interesting scene. It kind of introduces the... It's really hammering in the fact that... Remember, there is no Justice League at this point. No one's widely accepted the whole idea of superheroes yet. All people know is that these are beings with extraordinary power who could be massive threats. So you see... Uh, so, so then we return to the Batman v Superman fight. And this is kind of carrying up with how DC Comics have played out for like... Ever since the Dark Knight Returns uh, storyline in that, whenever uh, in that, so in, in that storyline, that was the first time Batman and Superman actually came to blows and fought each other. And uh, B Batman won, no surprise there, but it established the precedent that has been repeated every time DC re reboots their continuity uh, or does any type of thing where Batman and Superman first meet, they're going to fight. They're, they, they will have a battle. And, and this is that battle in the new 52. So they're still fighting. Batman even tries using a taser on Superman, which doesn't work out that well. And remember, I mentioned, by the way, in the previous couple episodes, that this is also a much more headstrong and young Superman. He's, he's less experienced than the one in, like, say, the Justice League Unlimited cartoons. So he's a little more brash and headstrong, which I think that's pretty cool. I like that Superman. First off, I love his suit. Because instead of it being like fabric and, and just like some kind of like t-shirt like material, it's actually Kryptonian armor that he can actually turn on and off with his mind. It's kind of like how Tony Stark in Avengers Infinity War had that like nanotech suit. It's pretty much like that. So anyway, so they're fighting. Then Green Lantern again tries to fight Superman. And it's kind of funny. He wraps Superman in chains. And, and then uh, Superman's like, Dude, you're funny, Lantern, and then he just breaks out of the chains, like, really easily. And I'm like, dude, you you better, like, run. Just run. So it gets to the point where where Green Lantern calls um, Barry Allen and is like, Hey, dude, we kind of need to flash right now because Superman's about to kill us. So after a, a small conversation where, like, Barry Allen's like, Yeah, I can't get there right now. I'm working on something. So then Hal Jordan's like, Hey, we're going to die if you don't get over here. So Barry Allen shows up and starts fighting Superman. And then he's like, hey, um, Superman, just so you know, I, no one's ever been able to, to touch me. And uh, big surprise, Superman actually manages to like flick Flash away. So then Flash is like, wait, he actually hit me. So finally, Batman finally is manages to calm down Superman and stop the fighting. He's like, okay, guys. This thing's alien, so can you help us out? Superman's like, well, I have no idea what this thing is. So, um, so then eventually the GCPD shows up again, and then Superman, Batman, Flash, and Lantern return to the sewers to, to kind of hide, because once again, again, even Superman's not really well-known and accepted. That should tell you something. So then 
Um, we transition over to Star Labs where um, Silas Stone, he's a, a, he's a Vic Stone, the, the football player's father. He works in basically, think of it like DARPA meets NASA meets like any type of organization that deals with like extraterrestrial stuff. And, and they're examining another mother box. And again, they're pretty much doing what I'm going to call them the, the super bros were doing. And they're trying to figure out what the hell is this, is this cube. It's a mother box again. So then, uh, Silas is alerted to the fact that his son's here. And then his son goes, why, did, why weren't you at my football game? There's actual scouts there that can get me scholarships and everything. But the, but the, the uh, father basically goes, hey, listen, uh, playing football is actually a joke because you have people that can walk through walls, see through walls, tear through, like, tear through buildings and, like, um, outrace, uh, outrun race cars. So basically playing football is a joke and it's obsolete. So the father kind of is kind of a not, uh, he's kind of not a nice guy. Let's put it that way. So we return to the Super Bros, which I believe that that should be the podcast name for these four guys whenever they're together. It's the Super Bros. So anyway, um, again, they're trying to figure out, okay, so what is this mother box? Hal Jordan goes, okay, so let's break it open. But, but Flash's like, no, because it could be radioactive. Which again, it's showing how, which is kind of, this whole thing is kind of on character for Hal Jordan because he's always been like that, do but not like, think things through so he's kind of he's always been kind of an impulsive character particularly when like he first gets his ring and everything because remember the one thing the green lantern movie got right is that he he is a hot shot like uh like ryan reynolds portrayed him which i think anyone ryan reynolds portrays uh could, could easily be a hot shot like deadpool and stuff but anyway but then the dead uh, the the deadpools the the mother boxes start uh beeping or it's actually ping but i'm just gonna say beeping whatever and then the mother boxes explode and open portals in which uh, parademons start to to um, pour through. And then you have them going for dark side and all that stuff. But the Star Labs um, a mother box blasts Victor with energy that starts eating him alive. So he's like really messed up. Really messed up. So then next issue starts. Then we, we're met with Steve Trevor. Now Steve Trevor is a character that I've talked about before. He's one of the DC characters who... Depending on how he's done, he really annoys me because he seems like a Wonder Woman stalker, which I understand because he's her ex boyfriend. But still, I think he's he's kind of annoying in in certain contexts. Like I love the movie Steve Trevor, but the other one really annoys me. Anyway, so he's like, so he's walking through Washington D.C. He's in the Pentagon, and he and apparently Diana was supposed to wait for for, for him. He's arranging meetings because she's she's like a diplomat. Uh, and the news is on, calling Wonder Woman a pagan and everything like that. Which, once again, this is hammering in the fact that super superhumans are not like not trusted at all by the general public because there is no ju- Justice League. There is no like th- there are no superheroes at this point yet. So once again, so what's kind of funny is that um, he asked the guards, "Hey, where's Wonder Woman?" And then they go, uh, "She kind of just left." And he's like, "Why didn't you stop her from leaving?" And then this guard points to like a hole in the wall. He's like, you're kidding, right? You're really asking me that when she can punch holes through buildings? So then we finally meet Wonder Woman. And we'll say the new 52 design of Wonder Woman is pretty sleek because I like the, the silver on the red. Because normally it's, it's red, her costume is like gold, red, and, and blue with like stars. So it kind of looks like the American flag and stuff. But I, I think I like the silver. I, 
I remember that this is one of the, of the designs of Wonder Woman, all the iterations that I really like. I think my number two favorite Wonder Woman would be the Rebirth one, but th this one's my number one because it's like lighter, it's more warrior-esque. But anyway, so, so Wonder Woman saw in the news that, that there was a parademon attacking and she thinks it's a harpy. So she's like walking around saying, hey, is, does anyone know where a harpy is? I'm supposed to kill that thing. Uh, and she, she even goes, okay, so what? Uh, you, I am speaking your language correctly. Because remember, no one really knows trust superheroes yet except for of course a, a, a little girl and she's like okay so um she even says hey th thank you for talking with me you're um so you're not afraid of me she's like no not really and this is where we have the classic scene where wonder woman has ice cream for the first time and this was actually put in the wonder woman movie which i was like okay i know where that's from but she has ice cream and she's like oh my gosh this is wonderful i love ice cream she even goes to the guy and goes you should be very proud of this achievement and wonder and the guy's like uh thank you it, it's kind of funny is that previously when and she's saying I'll have ice cream and one more for my friend she's pointing his her sword at the dude who who like is manning the ice cream truck and he's like uh, yeah sure just don't take my arm off so so and Steve Trevor catches up during he's like okay so you kind of have to come back to the White House because we have to meet the president and everything like that and then one woman's like again sort of uh, rebellious because remember the new the Justice League of this universe are much um, younger than, than the pre-New 52's heroes. So they are kind of more impulsive. They're kind of like teenagers, to think about it that way. Because at this point, I mean, I know Wonder Woman's like ridiculously old uh, in terms of her immortality. So I would, if I had, had to hazard a guess, at, like if I had to age these guys, I would have to say how old each of these guys looks. I would say like 20s to 30s, to like really early 30s to like, Maybe mid to late twenties, like tw twenty four for like Superman, and like pretty pretty young, and then Wonder Woman looks like probably a twenty three year old girl. But anyway, so the Parademons finally show up, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's a fight! I love this!" So and she goes to war, and then the Parademons start abducting people. Now we don't know why yet. So we return to Star Labs, and uh, Silas Stone is unwilling for his son to die because he's watching. The radiation from the from the mother box start to like eat its way uh, away from from Victor. Transition back to the Super Bros, and they're just fighting and like saving people from the Parademons. But it's kind of funny. Even the people are like, uh, even the people they're saving are like, um, are, are like, don't hurt me because remember, again, they don't trust the heroes. What's kind of funny is that um, Batman's like, hey, Lantern, uh, f focus because your constructs are fading, so your mind scattered. So Green Lantern's like, hey, worry about yourself. You're the one without powers. And then the Flash again is like, you don't have powers? So again, they're really hammering in the fact that Batman's the only one here that doesn't have powers, which is really funny. And they're like, okay, so we need to regroup. And then tell, and then uh, Green Lantern's like, yeah, tell that to Superman. So it's kind of cool is that this is one of my favorite scenes for, for Superman. He's like, he, he takes a truck, uses it at a ba as a baseball bat and like whacks through like a... a a lot of parademons and goes smile for me and just completely annihilates them so now we is so and, and then we uh, are returned to star labs where they're bringing um vic stone to what's called the red room which is basically a room that has a lot of alien tech and um vic's father's intention is to um it is to use the, the technology there to save um, Vic's like, life and like rebuild his body, if you will. 
and the, and if you know this story, you know what who who Vic turns into. So anyway, back to the Super Bros. They're fighting the Parademons, and all of a sudden, Wonder Woman shows up. And they have this great... First of all, I love this introduction because, like, Green Lantern's, like, dibs. And then uh, Superman and Wonder Woman have that classic meeting where they're, like... Where he's, like, you're strong. And she's, like, yeah, I know. And I'm, like, yeah, that's so good. That is so good. Uh, I, I just love how headstrong all these heroes are. It's so great. But anyway, so back to Star Labs. They're starting to repair them. So, so there's... So, Silas Stone starts putting all this metal, this uh, pr- Prometheum, on Vic Stone. It's, it's basically a skin graft, and he injects these nanites that would prevent any like um, any like t- tissue rejection. Uh, so, so basically, th- this is Vic transitioning into being uh, being cyborg. So what you see next is is uh, the Justice League are like, okay, so it looks like we scared them off. And then it's like, nope, they're leaving. And then all of a sudden this tower emerges in the middle of the, uh, of the uh, harbor. And uh, so, so like, okay, so what's going on? And, and all of a sudden Aquaman shows up. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, who's the leader here? And uh, I vote me. I want to I be the leader. So then um, we transition. And then the, the, the metal and the, the nanites are starting to... To, they're starting the process to rebuild Cyborg. Into uh, rebuild Vic Stone and kind of spoiled spoiled it, but yeah, he becomes Cyborg. Um, so it's like it's kind of interesting is that um, so now um Vic Stone is permanently like, permanently um, what is it? Yeah, connected to the internet, and this is way more realistic than the way Marvel did it with their new character screen time, where they decided, okay, let's make let's say he got his powers to exposure to experimental internet gas. I kid you not, that is the origin for screen time. And granted, comic books have really stupid um, origin stories for a lot of characters, but that is by that by far takes the cake as the dumbest idea of all time. All right. So anyway, so Vic uh, basically escapes and goes uh, because remember, Vic is like you did you did this to me. I can't like build football. I can't throw footballs anymore or anything like that. Then you transition to the Super Bros and Wonder Woman. I guess now we might as well... Well, actually, the Justice League isn't fully assembled, so I'm not going to call them the League yet. So, so they're trying to commemorate and, like, f- figure out, okay, so what are we going to do? How are we going to fight back? Who's l- leading this team? And it's kind of funny is that uh, Aquaman goes, um, I-, I don't see anyone volunteering to be a leader. And then uh, Batman's like, then you're not looking at me. Which is kind of interesting because Batman's always been, like, the leader of any like of any superhero team which is isn't is fitting with him because he has a superb tactical mind then we go up to what's kind of funny is that um uh his that green lantern goes to aquaman he's like okay so superman can throw trucks around like baseball bats flash is the fastest man alive wonder woman can slice through an army and I've got a, a ring that, uh, that can pretty much do anything. So he points to Aquaman and goes, what can you do? So Aquaman summons uh, a bunch of sharks who, like, completely destroy parademons. And then uh, I feel like, uh, and yeah, and then Green Lantern's like, never mind, I'm good. But then what's interesting is that then the military shows up and starts actually shooting the, shooting not only the parademons, but the League as well. Which is interesting because, again, here I'm going to say this again. I know I said this eight times in the episode so far. The world does not trust the heroes uh, at all. 
It's kind of funny. Even Steve Trevor's like, hey, don't fire on Wonder Woman. And then they're like, okay, bro. And Cyborg lands. <coughs> and saves someone from being killed by a parademon. And it's that way that he's... So he connects to it because one of Vic's powers is that he connects to any any uh, computer. And uh, what happens next is... <coughs> excuse me. He connects to, to the mother box... And um, and basically gets like the whole idea of what do these parademons want. So basically, what they do, and, and he's, he finds out why they kidnap people too. So what they do is they invade a world, kidnap people, and then mutate them into parademons. So basically, um, it's it's basically a cycle of uh, conquering and and like recycling organic material. So then next. We transition back to the league, and the league's like, okay, so, so they came up with this idea. We have to like disable the military that are shooting at us, but not kill them, not kill them because we don't want to. What's kind of funny is that, and then it's also here that we have like the first encounter with like the lasso of truth, and and that Green Lantern like is like, okay, so we're gonna, so so so, so a Wonder Woman's like, okay, so we need to to get the men out of the helicopters and somewhere safe so they don't like die. So Green Lantern, while touching her lasso, uh, goes, uh, I'll get them out of the choppers and to safety. Not to be a good guy like the Flash, but uh, but I want to impress you. Uh, most of what I do is because I want to impress people. So so, what's happening is that whenever anyone t- touches the lasso, it uh, it makes them tell the truth. So that's hilarious. <laughs> and then Green Lantern looks back and goes, Are you laughing, Batman? Uh, because I think Green Lantern, by the way, is my favorite character of the story because he provides, like, the best comic relief. I could definitely see him being played by, uh, by Ryan Reynolds in the story. It, it, if they ever made uh, an actual, like, a live-action movie of Just League Origin, uh, yeah, they have to have Ryan Reynolds because he's the only one that can really make the, have that comedic delivery. He did that with Deadpool. And then he, he did it with Hal Jordan. I mean, his acting as Hal Jordan was good. It was just the... The writing, it's just like, the visual effects is what killed the Green Lantern movie for me. But anyway, so I'm not talking about that right now. So then Cyborg shows up, and is, and now we have the League roster. So it's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, and Cyborg. So th- that is the class, the, 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 the seven Seventeen. Well, actually, interesting is that when DC made an animated movie of Justice League Origins called Justice League War, they didn't put Aquaman in. That they, in fact, replaced him with Shazam, which I understand kind of why they did it because the following movie after Justice League War was Throne of of Atlantis, which is about Aquaman becoming king of Atlantis, and I understand they wanted to make that that an Aquaman origin story, so they didn't want to just throw him in there. So that's one deviation from the comics that I'll allow because it makes sense that they want to do that. Going back to the comic. Uh, so then all of a sudden a massive boom tube opens and the boom tube is basically a portal. And then the big bad guy, the ruler of what of a realm known as Apocalypse emerges. Uh, his name is Darkseid. And he basically like, it throws the, the league around. Remember, Darkseid is one of the most powerful beings in existence in DC Comics, like ever. 
In fact, he has these th- he has these this ability, which we're going to see right now, called um, his Omega Beams, which shoot out of his eyes. They're basically like Superman's heat vision, except they track people. So, so in other words, what we're seeing here is that the Flash and Superman are like running to avoid these uh, these uh, eye beams, and uh, and the eye beams are actually following them even around corners and stuff. So then the, the Flash manages to escape by actually making the eye uh, by like running through a bunch of parademons and making the eye beams kill them, but Superman is hit and is captured by parademons. So so uh, so now everyone's like, okay, so let's go uh, f- fight Darkseid, and, and of course Green Lantern uh, runs in all haphazard. He's like, Green Lantern's got this, and he like gets thrown back by Darkseid. He's like, no, nope, I'm I'm back, I'm coming in, and then D- Darkseid actually breaks his arm. So, in other words, the Lantern acts as an impulsive guy and just decides, okay, so you know what, I'm going to take on the bad guy all by myself, even though I got, like, a goddess, fastest man alive, and uh, an Aquaman, and cyborgs and stuff. So, next happens is that Batman goes, okay, you need to stop doing that because uh, your arm is broken and uh, you're going to die. And then Green Lantern's like, I don't care, I'll, I'll go down in, in battle if I have to. So then, um, it, this is where we see something that rarely ever happens with Batman. He actually reveals his secret identity and says, hey, my name is Bruce Wayne. And what's kind of interesting is that <laughs> Hal Jordan doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is. That's the, that's another interesting part because I'm like, okay, so Bruce Wayne is known for like his, his philanthropy and like him being like a rich playboy. But here, here's the thing. It's understandable why Hal Jordan would not know who Bruce Wayne is because he's not on Earth that much. But it, it seems kind of weird that he wouldn't know it. Uh, I'm just like, okay. So then you tell he, Bruce Wayne. Uh, Bruce basically tells um, tells Hal Jordan his origin story. Hey, uh, when I was ten, my parents were murdered, and then I, I turned this into. I became Batman to like fight against crime. So he t- he tells Hal Jordan, okay, so go lead the team. I'm gonna go get get Superman. So uh, so uh, Lantern goes, okay, so we're gonna need teamwork. Uh, so they come up with this idea. Okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna trail Dark Side, and then uh, at the opportune moment, we'll uh, ambush him and then t- um, stab out his eyes so we can't use those Omega beams. So they all go out. It was kind of funny is that his battle cry, he, um, like they always have this big rallying cry to like rally the team. Green Lantern is, is, is actually just, we got this. And, and even Flash is like, really? That's your big battle cry? And uh, he, he, even uh, Green Lantern is like, stop worrying about the plan. No, I mean, I mean the, the, the battle crying, and, and, um, stick to the plan. So then we have Batman and he's actually uh, purposely gets captured by a parademon in order to be able to to cross the border in the cross the barrier into apocalypse uh, which is ba- so basically apocalypse it's basically the dc version of hell just imagine that it's like an industrial hellscape ruled by dark side now what's important to understand and i brought this up in the previous episode when we talked about the multiverse so there's only one apocalypse is because it exists outside of the multiverse. I mean, there's not like eight dark. It's not like um, there's not fifty two dark sides in this universe. But, um, so so basically, what Darkseid does is he goes from Earth to Earth and conquers. In fact, 
the New 52 did a series called Earth 2, which is taking place on another Earth, aptly called Earth 2. And then a different, um, a general of um, a dark side named Steppenwolf is invading that Earth at the same time as a, as a dark side invading this one. We're going to call this one, by the way, Earth Prime right now. This is the Prime Earth. So then... What we know, what we get now is we have the um, is we have this father, and he he's going to be very important in the next volume. He's running with his family as his battle is going on. So he's like he's narrating um a small part of the story, and he goes, "Okay, so I thought it was the end of the world. I thought my I thought my family and I were going to die, and then I saw them. And you see, he's like." And then he, he goes, I saw the, the heroes. I saw tomorrow. So in other words, now the Justice League is starting to give people hope. I remember, they're not the League yet, but now the heroes are kind of starting to... Um, it's kind of starting to, um, to, to accept the whole idea about there are good guys here. So what's interesting is... Uh, here's another a bit of foreshadowing. So Wonder Woman goes to Darkseid. Hey, why are, you, why are you here causing all this chaos? Now, Darkseid just goes for her. Now, this will be further elaborated when we get to the story Darkseid War, which I've mentioned multiple times to lot on the podcast that that's my favorite DC story of all time so far. Follow, uh, actually, that might be tied with with uh, uh, Dark Knights of Metal and Doomsday Clock, but the point is it's one of my favorite stories of all time. And... The her that Darkseid is referring to will be explained in that storyline. So anyway, next what you have is that... So we transition back to Batman. He's on Apocalypse trying to get Superman back. Now, their idea... So, um... And we're met kind of... So apparently, um... Okay, so I want to go back a minute... So the invasion by Steppenwolf into Earth 2 isn't happening at the exact same time as Darkseid invading Earth Prime because Steppenwolf is right here in, uh, like torturing Superman alongside Desaad. Now, as we go on and talk, uh, we'll probably do a, an episode just on Darkseid and like the Apocalypse and the New Gods and such. So Desaad is basically the head torturer of Darkseid. He's the one that basically breaks the willpower of people uh, and molds them to be Darkseid slaves. So anyway, uh, the the league s- succeeds in stabbing out Darkseid's eyes, but he's still fighting, and that and that shows you how powerful this guy is. He's still fighting despite losing both of his eyes. So n- next, what happens is that a boom tube opens. A cyborg manages to open up a boom tube and suck out all the parademons. And th- their whole idea is okay. So let's open up the these boom tubes. And throw Darkseid in and then close the doors. So we can't come back. So then, uh, but Batman frees Superman. And then uh, S- Superman c- comes out of the boom too. Because remember, he was on Apocalypse. And then comes back and like... And like, and like uh, completely d- destroys Darkseid. And the League m- uh, manages to throw Darkseid back into the... Um, back into the... Um, what is it? Into the boom tube, back to Apocalypse. So Darkseid has been defeated. Which is a big blow to Darkseid because I don't believe previous to this he's ever really been defeated in this like universe. So he it was like pretty cocky when he arrived, but he's done now. So next what you have is that a crowd starts to gather and then the league's like, okay, so maybe we should run before they start uh, 
accusing us of like causing property damage or like being scared of us and everything. But what's interesting is that now everyone is like, oh my gosh, you all saved us. So now the heroes have finally achieved that status of being like accepted by general society as, um, as uh, helpful beings instead of being like threats. In fact, even and now we cut to Washington, D.C., where the league is being uh, honored. And they're like, this, uh, the, um, the, it, the president making the speech is like a really like corny speech. And he's like, they don their colorful costumes and lanterns like, hey, this is my uniform. And uh, and uh, Aquaman's like, this is uh, scale mail. So it's like, I'm like, why are you calling us costumes? So then... Uh, they go so then batman comes up with the idea okay so we need to make this an actual team because here's why if we're a team then people trust us and if they trust us they're not like the gcpd is not trying to chase me down the air force is not trying to go after hal jordan and everyone so they're all like um so eventually they all decide okay so we're gonna be the team but what's kind of funny is that then the president goes okay so uh we have another threat that requires you guys uh, to, to help us out. Now, so what do you call yourself? And this is the whole idea where Flash comes up with a name, the Super 7. And then eventually, uh, eventually off panel, the, the name is like transitioned back to to, to uh, J- Justice League. Anyway, that's the end of the main story. It, it, the epilogue of the story is actually pretty interesting. So it's in London. And we have this being called the, the Phantom Stranger. Now he is... He's an interesting concept. His origin story is actually revealed in uh, DC Trinity War. And he, he's a being that apparently knows, like, a lot about, like, everything in the universe. Like, he knows, okay, so he, he can basically show people d- different realities that are possible. And then he's one of uh, what's called the, the Trinity of Sin. It's like how, um, how you have the, the Trinity of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. The Trinity of Sin are him, the question, who's a guy that has like no face and, and he, he doesn't remember who he is or anything. And then you have um, Pandora, as in Pandora's box, and, and which she's an actual character and she's actually a pretty good character. And this is the, is, is so uh, we transition Pandora and she's looking at a murder suspect. Then what's interesting is that she's like, they. This is sort of an a sort of foreshadowing the Trinity War storyline, which is going to happen later on in uh, in the new Fifty Two. In fact, fun fact: that was the first comic book I ever bought was the collected edition of Trinity War. So anyway, that's Justice League Origin. I will say again, I think my favorite character in this was Green Lantern because again, he makes all those really funny jokes. And uh, so let's see. What else can we talk about, about about the story? So, in other words, that's like basically the story that's, that basically established the status quo of the New 52 when it was started up. And um, and I felt it was it was a pretty solid storyline. They, they even hinted at like Superman and Wonder Woman having a like a moment because he shows up, um, she shows up, helps out the league fighting, and then Superman's like, you're strong. And she's like, I know. And then... Uh, that won't be explored until the next the next two volumes the one that's called the villain's journal journey and then throne of atlantis really um exp- go into depth on that relationship and then we see it actually blossom into a romantic one 
But anyway, so we're going to go into the effects. Uh, so, so actually, first I want to go into um, other depictions of this. So I mentioned the Justice League War movie, which was pretty, pretty on the nose in terms of of what happened in this, in terms of being like close to the ju- to the actual story, to, to the comics. The only difference again is that um, they replaced Aquaman with Shazam, which again I said I understood because um, they introduced Aquaman in the next movie. But um, so what we have next is that um. Oh, Another person I felt had an interesting arc is Cyborg because he's really coming to... Because remember, pre- previous to, uh, to what happened in the story, he was a football star. His career was um, was um, going up. He was going to be like a top college football star. He had all the top schools were going after him saying, we want you to play for our team. But he... Um, the, uh, obviously, that didn't work out. Um, Darkseid invaded and then he got turned to Cyborg. Which we're going to see that even though he lost the football team, he starts to really feel at home with the Justice League team. Because remember, they're all kind of like him. They all like are, are basically, you can think of them as exiles of society. And that'll be, a, and that's another concept that will be, a, that I'll go into when I cover, uh, when I cover the villain's journey. Because, um. In that story, uh, that's where Superman and Wonder Woman kiss. And I think their conversation really applies to not only them, but the League in general and why they formed this League. Because really what it shows is that they all feel isolated from society. Because remember, you have these beings that have these incredible powers, but they can't, uh, but no one relates to them. In fact, it... it, Some people see them as threats. Uh, uh, Other people... Granted, there are a lot of people that that see these heroes as just that heroes, but everyone's uh, there are some people that are they're always suspicious of them, and these heroes can't really open up with people because no one relates to what they're going through except the league themselves. Now, another depiction that I felt was kind of interesting is the is the actual live action Justice League movie, and. Uh, the Snyder Cut hasn't come out yet, obviously, but um, I'll see how, how much closer that one is, uh, that, that depiction is, because basically they're telling the same story. Steppenwolf, and, uh, well, Darkseid invades in the movies, it's, it's through Steppenwolf, but uh, Apocalypse invades and the League forms, and actually the League lineup, except for Green Lantern in the, the- theatrical release of Justice League, is pretty much spot on. They got that it was it was the it was uh, an invasion by apocalypse that brought the league together and all that, but and they they had some concepts in there that were pretty pretty, pretty spot on like cyborg was a football star and then he uh, he got hurt in the Snyderverse it's because of a car accident that he got hurt really bad and then and then uh, Silas Stone rebuilt him with the mother box. And we saw that actually in Batman v Superman when Wonder Woman is is um going through that email attachment that Bruce sent her and it contains like all those QuickTime vids that have like uh, that have Lex Luthor's files on the other League members, and it shows like Cyborg being like rebuilt. So next, let's talk favorite moment. I think my favorite moment is honestly that moment where uh, where Green Lantern goes, uh, "You're just a guy in a bat suit, aren't you?" Because once again, it's like someone trying trying to dress down Batman. 
because it's like, uh, it's kind of funny. Everyone here in the league except Batman has powers. That's the interesting part. Cyborg, uh, I count Cyborg as having powers because once again, his body is a machine. So, and he can form like cannons and technology and everything. So basically, Batman's the only one there that his powers is whatever's in his utility belt and his money. Who who knew capitalism leads to you being Batman? But, um, so that was, uh, that's that. But um, that's my favorite part of the story. Just that one thing. And I love how even Flash uh, goes on when, like, Batman's where um, Green Lantern's like, worry about yourself, Batman. You're the one without powers. And even Flash is like, Batman doesn't have powers? What's kind of funny is that um, even when uh, he's fighting Superman... I mean, when Batman's fighting Superman, Superman kind of um, even dresses down Batman is that he's like, uh, so you hit me with tasers, stun darts, and smoke grenades, flashbangs, all that stuff. You're running out of stuff in your utility belt, Batman. Anyways, that's my favorite about how all the League members seem to be, um, address, seem to be hammering on the fact that Batman has no powers. That's so great. Now, uh, favorite... Well, let me see here. Impact it on the DC. I already went over that. It's basically just going over how... Um, it's basically establishing the new status quo for the new 52. And once again, I mentioned about how the new... <coughs> excuse me. How the new 52 is like my favorite um, era of DC Comics because... And Superman's a good... Superman and Wonder Woman actually are a good example of this. So when we see Superman and Wonder Woman... I'm not talking about the, the relationship. I'm talking about them as characters in this continuity. They're, they're much younger than we're used to previous to this. Because, like, before I read, like, um, DC Comics at the new 52 level, which is the era that I started buying comics in, the only exposure I had to, to the JL was, like, the, the Justice League cartoon, the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, where all these heroes are, like, senior and they're at like, like the peak of their of their character development uh, well not character development they're at the peak of their development as heroes and that like they're experienced heroes at this point and here they're relative but by the time justice league starts up uh the justice league origin they're pretty much near the beginning of their of their um their careers even superman just recently according to that story fought brainiac because that's how he got his his suit uh, I believe it was Brainiac. But anyway, Superman stopped an invasion. And then what he did is that he found the Fortress of Solitude that gave him his suit. Which basically what it is, the S in the middle of his suit is actually just, um, when he's not in the suit, it actually, uh, the suit like retracts into this little, um, into this little um, Superman S um, thing that he attaches to his chest. And uh, when he puts it on and activates it by his thought, it just materializes around him. Like, again, the Iron Man suit from Avengers Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Which, by, by the way, that was one of the coolest effects the MCU ever did was when the suit was coming on him. And then uh, a, a really good example of how brash and inexperienced these heroes are is actually Green Lantern. Because when you see him... Uh, when Darkseid first shows up, Greenlander's like, I got this, and then, then just goes up and, and tries to fight Darkseid alone. And what happens? He gets his arm broken. Um, so, so really, what I, I feel like this is also establishing is that these are not the DC characters that we're used to. These are much younger, much more headstrong characters. 
Now, so, so now I'm going to go into basically give like an overview of what's in store for, for the new 52. It's going to be a really wild ride. So what we're going to do is we're going to do um, um, our next two stories will, will be the villain's journey and then throne of Atlantis. And then what we're actually going to do is that we're going to cut from Justice League temporarily and start covering these Superman Wonder Woman stories at DC release that basically is like so after it was established in the continuity in the new 52 continuity that Superman and Wonder Woman were in a relationship DC gave them their own storylines their own line of comics that basically talks about the different dynamics and challenges that they face as a couple they actually had some pretty sweet stories. Like there's one where they fight General Zod and Feora. It's kind of mirroring Superman, Wonder Woman. They, ha- they introduced Doomsday at that point. So they-, they had a lot of great stories in there. And that really hammers in the fact that... It-, it hammers in why I like them as a couple. Because... I- and I've mentioned this many times before. Because it, it also shows how... Di- how like... Let me think of the right word for this. It's kind of how... um, Basically, it's like they're two... um, I'm trying to to think of the right word for this. They're two different people to a certain extent. Because remember, Wonder Woman um, develops into the god of war. And actually, in a storyline, in a comic, in the, in the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship, Superman is kind, kind of peeved in, to a certain extent that, that Wonder Woman's the god of war. Because he's like, how can you be like this beacon of peace, but yet be the being that personifies war? And uh, that kind of puts in a little of the tension in their relationship. And that's why... Uh, th- th- that's the the evidence I throw out whenever anyone tells me, oh, the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship is, like, easy. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because I, I understand that, so... It, it's not, n- not easy, because... Um, if it, because, particularly with these two characters, because remember, they even have a part in Trinity War where... Um, where they put a supervillain away and then Wonder Woman goes, there's a reason why my, my list of active superheroes is, I mean, supervillains is not this, is not as large as yours or Bruce's. She says to Superman, she says, when I deal with threats, I deal with them as in she kills them, which again, and, and, and then at this point, Superman has his, I will never kill rule. So that sort of shows kind of how, how, how it kind of shows how to have a, a difference of opinion in terms of the use of lethal force. So anyway, the, there's that. I'm not going to go into a tirade on that. I'll, I'll talk about that more when I cover the relationship. But anyway, so the new 52 also led to like stories like Dark Side War, which is great. I'm going to really talk about that. We also had Trinity War, which was a really great story. And then uh, it also introduced quite a few great characters like the her that Darkseid was referring to. We also get a new Green Lantern in, the, in this era that I believe was never in here before. And she's actually a really great character in terms of, 
of uh, how she relates to being a lantern and the whole no fear thing. And then, uh, so let's see, what else can we talk about? So let's talk about where this podcast is going. So, so, um, a a lad is going to be on more podcast episodes just because he, he's, um, he, he's, um, swamped with school. So he'll be back, uh, hopefully by, by next episode. And then we'll be giving you a lot of uh, really great episodes. Like I think our next one, we are going to talk uh, in depth about the Justice League and Justice League Un- Un- Unlimited cartoons, like the entire DCAU line of stories, because those had a profound effect on, on uh, both of us get- getting into this whole thing. Because remember, I mentioned in both the first episode and the first episode I did with Lad, which was, I believe was the Flashpoint episode, I mentioned in both those episodes that those cartoons, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, got me into DC Comics. And granted, because and what's interesting about those, I'll give you a little preview. When um, when I saw the first couple of episodes of the Justice League cartoon, it it was really really a new experience for me because previously all I knew about was Superman and Batman. I didn't know anything about even Wonder Woman. But and which is why, like the second episode is like, is one of the is one of my favorite episodes because that's where the other leaguers arrive. You have Hawk Girl, Martian Manhunter. Actually, Martian Manhunter is introduced at the end of the first episode, but I'll, I'll just say the second episode. Wonder Woman, Flash. In, in other words, the the other um, characters in the show are introduced, and and watching this for the first time, I was like, who are all of these people? And then once, so, so what that show it was able to do is introduce newcomers to really great characters, especially Justice League Unlimited, because that's when they significantly expanded the, the cast to pretty much be an entire army of superpowered people of, um, in the Justice League, because there are characters I've never heard of, like Vigilante, Shining Knight. I've heard of Stargirl briefly because I read... She's kind of uh, she, she, she's important in the new fifty two. We'll talk about that one, but um, it's like Steel, John Henry Irons. There are like lots of different characters introduced in that show that I didn't never even heard of. Even Aquaman was um my first exposure to Aquaman was that one. Actually, maybe um, my first exposure to Aquaman was like the Super Friends cartoon that I used to watch on YouTube and Cartoon Network. As you know, it was Boomerang back in the day when they had like. All the old cartoons I used to watch the Super Friends, but anyway, um, so in other words, that that show really had a profound effect on on which side of the fence, if you will, Marvel or DC, I would fall into because Marvel's really never put out. Besides, actually, I'm not going to say never, because Marvel had the Avengers Assembled, Avengers Earth, uh, Mightiest Heroes, the Spider Man series. They had some good animated shows, but it's it's not really comparable to to Justice League because first off, they had great writing. They brought in a lot of interesting storylines that kind of fed into into um, into the comics. They ha- um, they had. Um, good character development throughout the whole thing. I, I, I like how, how they made Wonder Woman like perpetually angry for like the first two seasons. That, that was like one of my favorite things. But, um, so I, 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 so I think DC does way better than Marvel is the character development, particularly recently because 
They have uh, Marvel really hasn't really put put out a lot of stuff that interests me. Uh, I'm not going to turn this into another Marvel versus DC debate, but um. Uh, so let's see what what else can we go over now. Um, and then, so once again, once we go through the, and then by every now and then, we will be, uh, for when we do stories, we will be doing like pre-new 52 stories. We'll even do like um, small, um, um, shorter episodes talking about like really, really short uh, stories. Like we'll do a brief summary of Injustice because that will take us more than an hour to go to go into to really cover it in depth, or maybe we'll we'll do like parts for that one. But but we'll do episodes talking about like the Arrowverse, which shows we actually liked, which shows we didn't like. Which there, I Aladdin, I kind of had that discussion, but we'll go over it. We'll talk about. We're definitely going to do. Uh, we may start doing um stuff on movies soon like what we'll do is we'll as well watch the movie and then discuss it we will be definitely doing when the snyder cut comes out we will be doing a reaction episode like what we'll do is we'll do a spoiler free like what what we thought of it in general terms what we um uh, how it improved upon the previous uh cut but we're not going to go into any details on plot or anything like that and then like once a sufficient amount of time uh, passes for people to watch it, which will probably be like a week, then we'll do the spoiler, um, the spoiler review. So we'll, we'll definitely be doing a lot of Snyder Cut stuff. In fact, we may even do an episode where we just talk about Snyder Cut. But um, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Under Two Capes as we enter the new 52 era of comics. Arguably the best era. And uh, hope you guys are staying safe. And then I will see you all in the next episode.